Hi there, um, Alex here at the top of the show just to plug our gig uh, once more on the 19th of March at the Cavern Club in Liverpool in association with BBC Introducing Merseyside. Um, just get in touch with us via the social media handles, which will be in the description of this podcast, or get in touch on deliamusic at gmail.com. Tickets are free and it's always a great night. Also, I've got a fess up that when I was doing the introduction for this episode, I said it was episode six. It's not. It's episode seven. So just pretend like I said seven when I said six. Yeah, cool. Anyway, this week is with our friend Andrew Wildgoose, who is a good friend of ours and is a great insight into the live music industry at the moment. So um, enjoy. Thanks for listening. Oh, French fancies. Oh yeah, help yourself to a French fancy. <laughs> <laughs> You've had the same reaction as everyone else. Yeah, like, what the fuck? from Debbie Downer over there. Like, oh, all right. Ooh, Ooh, French fancies. <laughs> <laughs> the favourite one's the yellow for me. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Who the Fuck is Delia? Uncovering the plight of the creative who might not just yet be winning Grammys or making their first million or aren't even friends with Jimmy Kimmel. Imagine that. So... This week we're joined by who's Jimmy Kimmel? He's an American like late night show host. Oh, I know who Jimmy Kimmel mm. is. Yeah, he's friends sorry, with, he's friends he, with everybody. He does that show, the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the one. You know the one. <laughs> Some of you might be wondering what that uh, what that new voice is on the podcast this week. Um, that's Mr. Andrew Wild Goose. Hi, Goose. Hello. <laughs> we're going to refer to you from here on out as Goose. Thanks. Because I'm not saying that name over and over again. It's like, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Andrew Wildgoose, what do you think about this? <laughs> I, was on a, I was on the radio once and the guy said, why do they call you Goose? I was like, oh, my name's Wild Goose. And he was like, Wild Goose? Is your, <laughs> is your mum a hippie? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it was only afterwards I clicked, he thought my first name was Wild. <laughs> my second name was Goose. Your surname oh. sounds like the surname of like a, like a Native American. That's it, yeah. He mm. Thought, mm. And, and so when he said American hippie, well, he's American, 60s, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that, you thought that's what he meant. Yeah. But what he actually meant was his first name was Wild. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, I'm also joined this week by the usual Michelle Harris. Yo. And George Coleman. Yo, yo, yo. Um, and Goose, you are a booking agent. Yeah. So you're coming to us from a totally different side of the industry from what we've had so far. Because we've had a lot of arty-farty people on this, such as ourselves. And I'm not saying you're not arty-farty. No, no, but my job is to make sure that people like you do what you're supposed to. (laughs) Exactly. We've not had one of you on here before. (laughs) Before we delve in Uh to today's podcast, I've got a couple of little things that I need to go over. And little announcements I need to make. George is looking at me like, oh shit. No, nothing really. The first one is just that. First one's to do with star signs or something. No, no. The first one is that we had a couple of comments about us not being on SoundCloud last week. Apologies for that. We have moved off SoundCloud. So if you are a regular listener on SoundCloud, Ian, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Um, But you can head over to our, if you don't listen on Apple or you don't listen on Spotify, then you can head over to our website, which is currently under construction, but you you can find our podcast on there. Yeah. And that site is wearedelia.com. Yep. Then secondly, I have to apologize because I got this in from the listener, which was, oh, no. I've got a bone to pick with you, Shell. Dismissing a star is born without watching it. It's not a story about struggling musicians. It's a story of love, triumph, and loss, and it's beautiful. 
So I, I have to apologize that I made that assumption and I will not make an assumption again. That was a while ago, that. Yeah, it someone, was. someone was fighting my corner there. Yeah. I was the one who brought it up. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to make sure I watch A Star is Born this week. You have to be I'll careful give... with that film, you know. You're just saying the name of it brings a tear to George's eye. I know. Well, I, well, I just brought up the soundtrack. I've not seen the film. Oh, right. So I mean, I'm sure the film's great. I've heard good things. So. Yeah. So I'm going to make it a task to watch that film this week and then I'm going to give everybody a full review next week. <laughs> oh, we look forward to that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> What's the film about? Can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Uh, Thank you so much. It's about it's struggling musicians. Oh, uh, really? I think as someone who's running a podcast about struggling musicians, you should have seen it. <laughs> Good call out whoever called you out on that. Yeah, exactly. Is that you patting yourself on the back with that one? Yes. Did you email yourself? Email yourself? Email, comma, yourself. Yeah, I've been sending all sorts of abuse into you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, anything else? No, that's me. Okay, that's you for the whole episode. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Oh, and also, I was listening back to last week's episode, and I, 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 I apologise for my language. I swear quite a lot, don't I? It sort of comes with the territory with you, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it got really mouthy towards the end. I was a bit pissed. I'd had a bad week. Oh, that a, was a bad night for you. I'd had a really bad week. Well, 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 well. That wasn't you. You. Yeah, it wasn't last week's episode. It was the week before. Yeah. Because we're working a week in advance. No, but I'm talking about last week to the listeners. Yeah. So the one that's... What? Oh, the shit. La- yeah, the last release. Yeah, it was the last uh, The last episode is what you're oh, referring it was to. The la- it was episode five with Ben. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Either way, I know what you mean. Yes, yeah. you were a bit miffed. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a little bit tipsy by the end of that. I was. I was I'd so had three pissed. big bottles of Budweiser. Yeah, nice. I, I was listening to myself back today, and I went on some fucking massive rant. Oh, you just yeah, I get on that. Anyway, let's yeah. avoid this this week. So what he wants to say is that you like that all the time, yeah, and he just not got the balls. Yeah, because I get it in the neck afterwards. You get you get to go home off air. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you now. Um, so uh, I'm going to give you a bit of context then, you lovely listener. Um, Andrew Wild Goose, you, I've known you since <laughs> since I was about 13, like let's that. say 14. Yeah, yeah. So I've known you about 10 years, let's say, maybe 11 years, 12, perhaps. How 13. old was I then? I don't know. How old are you now? 28. So you will have been about 18, okay. 17. Nice. You were meant to be the responsible adult at the time. Mm. Yeah. I was. I was you, totally was. You were <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> and then you know George from way back when as well. Uh, not quite that far back. Not when, no, but, but, uh, but also a considerable amount back. of time, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting getting on for over half a decade. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, you've known Shell for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of, couple of <laughs> wonderful years. Um, and you you are so you are a musician yourself, uh, drummer, bassist. I can hit things. Songwriter will make sounds. <laughs> um, it's very embarrassing and list all the things you're good at oh, production thanks, uh, <laughs> one done <thing. laughs> um, yeah I used to do the making music bit and now I do making other people make music yes and you work for Diplomats of Sound at the moment I do indeed uh, at the at time of recording Feb 2019 um, and prior to that you'd worked at the Jazz Cafe I had a bunch of jobs actually um in briefly in between working for for Mama, who used to own the jazz cafe, and Diplomaster Sound, I worked for a company called Soundcrash, 
yes. um, as a promoter there for a bit. And then I was also, for about a week, uh, production managing their Festival of Funk and Soul weekend before I passed that on to a friend. So it's all been in the live uh, realm. Before that, it was that Liverpool Sound City Festival. Before that, though, it was more... Uh, I ran a studio for a little bit and a club night. Um, yes. And you... Didn't you manage? You managed an artist, didn't you? Uh, or you do manage? I did. do. You do Currently, still? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Lovely little band called Vels Trio. Okay. And is, that's something London. you have done before, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's something I like to flirt with. But okay. then the reality of babysitting someone quite so much <laughs> sets in and then s- steps back are taken. Is that how you'd characterise it, babysitting? Yeah, I think even if the artist is, is kind of an organised person, there's still little bits of it that feel a little bit beyond a job and more like a PA or something right. like that. You've mm. got to be invested in it mm. or be making loads of money off it. Mm. Right, <laughs> you don't seem too happy about it. <laughs> I like it, I do, I do. Is that not so, that doesn't sound like something you can uh, do fully as a, like, side job? No, definitely not. Um, not with the level of involvement that, that is fun. Because yeah. you, can, you can be the guy who just does the paperwork afterwards and that's a bit boring, really. But if you want to have a proper level of, of involvement, then yeah, it's a, it's a full-time thing. Fuck. Yeah. Heavy though. Heavy. Heavy man. <laughs> That's coming back in, isn't it? Heavy. Heavy, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. heavy. So yeah, so Goose, we'll probably have you on a few times maybe in the over the course of this. Let's see how lifespan. this goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think today we're gonna focus on the live stuff. Because it's such a different perspective. Yeah. Um, to what we've had already. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the you're yeah, you're, I've got a feeling that in the in the uh, in our regular smegment, um, what's it we're going to brush over smegment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we used to it now. Okay, you do what you do. And you brush over yours. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so the, so the new the newer one that uh, what's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? Oh yeah. Um, I've got a feeling that it's going to. <laughs> we're going to have done some of the things that are the things that piss you off the most. Hundred percent. Really. As yeah. bands that you know, are, you know, or whatever you want to call us, up and coming, underground, mm. up and coming for the last fifteen years. Mm. Um, Who was it, Ben? We had Ben on, and Ben was like, "Oh, it really pisses me off when uh, on on the videographer side when someone you take a picture for someone or something and then they put an Instagram filter of it and I was like I've definitely done that in the past (laughs) (laughs) there was another one of his saying how like you're videoing something as well and they say oh can you just take a few pictures as well oh no (laughs) different thing doing the video (laughs) Um, but before we get to that and we get our asses handed to us on Mm -hmm. that regard um, you wanted to ask well so my thing that I was going to post so I went to yoga I've started working in a yoga studio very me it's enjoyable but this yoga studio (laughs) used to be a music studio and used to have like all loads of music rooms in there and the yoga studio itself used to be a mastering studio and a CD press in place and it was huge and then now it's a yoga studio with like a few studios attached to it and I was speaking to some guy who still owns one of the studios in there He's some old fellow. He's from like, you know, proper old school recording days. And he talks about like Bob Dylan being mm. his favorite guitarist and stuff. Running out of tape, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, so he was, he was dead sweet. And he was a master and engineer and he was saying, he was basically saying that, um, he was like, you know, it all used to be recording studios and now it's a yoga studio. And I think that was the first time in, in my head that it kind of clicked that I was like, oh, you know, when people say, oh, the, the music industry did die for mm -hmm. a bit. And I was like, oh, I feel like no one told me that when I was getting into it. And everyone just tried to hide that from me. And everyone was too, like, scared of losing their own jobs. They were like, no, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everyone's stealing the music, but it's all going to be fine. Well, they were, like, tiptoeing on the very top of the Titanic as it's yeah. just sinking. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So my thing was... And oh, oh, and then I went into my other place of work, which is a Korean fashion shop. And there was a Korean girl there. And she always goes on about how your music is do so well in Korea. I don't in Korea yet. Yeah, I don't know why you don't do that and don't take it there and stuff like that. And I was always like, I feel like going to Asia with your music is a bit of a cop out. So okay. I guess it's like a two way street where I'm like, not is just Asia though, right? Like, specifically, a very specifically <laughs> Asia. Um. <laughs> no, I mean those countries where the population is so huge that if you take your music there, if you take Western music there, nine times out of ten, it's probably just going to do well because of the amount, the volume of people that are there. Do you get what I mean? No. <clears throat> so <clears throat> you'll There's get a like particular fondness for stuff from the West in, yeah, in certain there is. parts of Asia. Yeah, they, mm. they really love it, and and because there's so many people, you're like your stats, so to say will just fly up anyway because a lot of people right. will be listening to you but you may not be doing anything kind of worthwhile but funnily her, one of her favourite artists is Addy and apparently mm, Addy, Addy tours a lot in Addy Korea Addy Suleiman mm -hmm. and Addy, Addy tours a lot in Korea so yeah it's a kind of like a, a thingy a two way question where it's like is the English music industry secretly just fucking itself off and what like what is touring abroad and over in Asia and all things like that? Is that like do, as a booking agent, are you more inclined to do that stuff than you are the English stuff because of the way the industry is going here and there? Uh, two very large questions. They are. They are. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the music industry is it fucking itself off? Is the first one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think Just we're in, in a much UK. more exciting time of music industry than than uh, has been previously. Okay. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think as an industry, it's it's. I really hope that was the end of your answer. Just yeah. I think. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> well, it's hard. I think the songs from twenty, thirty years ago are probably mm. considerably better than yeah. stuff being written nowadays. Yeah. Um, because I think people are always trying to emulate the stuff that was written back then, which is very good and also very original. So no one's ever going to get there unless they go and do something different. Mm. Um, but the industry itself is is a lot more exciting because you don't have quite so many gatekeepers anymore. People can go make a song on a laptop they've bought from a shop that can sound yeah. as good as anything. You know, everyone's been over this a million times. Now you can go put it on TuneCore or whatever you may decide to put it on. Yeah. There are other listing <laughs> services available out there, distribution services. Um, <laughs> but if TuneCore want to pay us for that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll just put a bleep over it. Um, uh, and so you can go do that and then and then you can get that out there your music straight to people like that and if it gets on the right kind of playlist through some sort of algorithm then you're winning and you don't need uh, some guy with a big A&R budget to come and do it for you so as an industry it's an exciting time yeah for sure but um, then if you wanted to get into like the hype because my, my view on it is that nobody's taking risks on artists anymore so Pete, the only thing that people are paying for is stuff that's sure like a sure thing 
like pain music. for as a consumer no 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 like as a so i'm looking at it from an artist's point of view mm-hmm. so i'm saying for an artist i feel like it's a very hard time for an artist to be able to cut through because if somebody is going to be like investing in you they want to make sure you're a sure thing so then mm-hmm. that's creating this kind of funnel where only like sure thing music is the stuff that's getting a lot of funding and a lot of investment and you know everyone's just like Kind of yeah. what we were saying before this, where we were like, oh, there's the face. She'll, they'll make money. Like, go with that. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas a lot okay. of the underground stuff, which is great, struggles to come above water because it fights against everything else. I'd, I'd combat that with the idea that you don't need to come above any sort of water. Fair. You can very much carve out your own uh, 10,000 people in the world that can support your career or like a thousand people. There's a really good book by some guy who played, what's the guy who played the drums in that Public Image Limited band and he played in a few other bands. He's done a really good book called Tour Smart Mm. where it's about how you as a cottage industry musician can survive off a thousand people within a certain square radius (laughs) and that you don't need to be chart topping number one but you can still earn a living from it. And I'd say it's much more like that nowadays, but also that doesn't have to be within a geographic location. You can have like a thousand or two thousand people spread around the world who can listen to your stuff enough or buy whatever it is that you do frequently enough. So yeah, I'd say you don't have quite so many gatekeepers. You don't need someone who's got 10 million pounds in a recording studio to to do it. Is it Mark Martin Atkins? Yeah, that's yeah. the dude, yeah. Okay. Tor, cool. tor colon smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah you also there's book. a documentary on Prime, Amazon Prime as well. Oh. Might be worth a watch. What about uh, that book? Yes, yeah. oh. I think so. I, I, I find it surprising though, Shell, that you were saying that that's how you view it now. Because that's what we are trying to do. Yeah, I know. What Goose just said about finding that niche. Of... Yeah, and I was just kind of getting, I was curious <clears> to get the um, like the view of the other side. And actually what you said was, very, um, you know, reassuring. reassuring. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like a lot of the bands that we work with, uh, or I'll meet someone and they'll be, what do you do? Oh, yeah, I'm a booking agent for bands and uh, musicians. And they go, oh, who's your biggest band? And I'm like, well... That doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. That's We probably earn a lot more money off people that you may not have heard of. Or, you know, I can totally survive off uh, working with bands who have very small but very dedicated audiences there are lots of bands that make livings and have prolific careers that aren't uh, someone that your mum will know yeah Yeah. well that's something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with Ben where we were saying you kind of find you you end up having like a portfolio career where Mm -hmm. like you get good at lots of different things because you know you have to make money off loads of different Mm -hmm. things so that's similar in that sense Mm -hmm. okay a a prolific Prolific. Prolific. There we go. Yay. But I think it's fair that you can be sceptical of it, though, because, like you said, we're trying to do it, but proof's in the pudding for most things, isn't it? So Mm -hmm. until it happens to you, I guess you could always doubt it's it's feasible. But I think you're, I think, yeah, I agree with you in the sense that, like, with the technology and the, you know, advances we've made, like, like, say, anyone can sit in their room and if they play it right, Mm. Yeah, Just well, people. I like. So, yeah, you're right. Some people don't even bother with labels anymore. That no. idea of it, like, if you can do it all yourself, all the money comes to you anyway. So. I think the most exciting thing about the music industry for me is just like the stuff that you can now hear and the amount of stuff that you can listen to that you would never listen, be able to find if you were like, I don't know, say uh, in the seventies. 
Yeah. Like, you know, if you have to have a physical thing to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I listen like to like mad. 20, 30 new albums or new EPs or new whatevers from someone a week. Which, yeah. You know, if I was having to pay directly for a physical thing of each, I wouldn't be able to afford it. And like the, the vinyl that we've got on the, just over in this room on at the moment is by a, a guy or a band or whatever it is called Low. And like, it's crazy soundscapey with like the first, when I first put it on, I was like, fuck, is my vinyl player broken? Because it just sounds mad. <laughs> But like that was all over my Instagram feed in loads of record stores. Mm. And it just shows that like this weird, these weird niches, you know, are popping up all over the place for you to mm. allow yourself to get into it. And I always think the fact that James Blake is one of the biggest artists in the world right now is testament to the fact that, you know, the industry is not, it's not all X Factor and mm. bubblegum pop. Mm. Mm-hmm even though James Blake's latest album wasn't great. But anyway, so then the second part of your, the second part of your question then was what? Can it, you know, touring. Tour, touring abroad. And, and yeah. what about it? Um, well, with like Ollie saying that when he goes and tours Europe, it's much more lucrative to him For as sure. a band. And yeah, when yeah. you see like, when uh, my Korean friend was telling me that like Addy is huge mm-hmm. over in Korea and like everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, I mean, obviously he's doing very well over here, but... Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny that he goes over there to go and make money and make a name, do you know what I mean? It is yeah. bizarre. The the UK and uh, the US influence live music in a very weird way. The UK specifically is like very badly paid and very artists are very badly looked after compared to uh, anywhere else, pretty much, I'd say. That's um, mental. But if you, a lot of bands still need to come play here mm. who aren't British in order to have done X, Y, or Z, which will get them into these other places. And then also, as a British artist, getting exported to other territories, there's a certain amount of kudos that comes with just being British. Right. As horrible as that is, and yeah. like what we're about to be a post-Brexit nation. Yeah. Talking quite so nationalistically, it's horrible. But <laughs> um, it is true. A lot of the bands that we're working with at the moment, we need to do certain festivals with them to get them up to a point and the fees that we need to get on those festivals may be a little bit lower, but if they go to Europe, they'll probably get two or three times the fee, but they can only get that show if they've done certain things here. Yeah, it's, it's, a, weird, so, it's a weird hierarchy. So, so there, is, there is a way to... Oh, that's the thing I'm trying to ask you. You, couldn't, you. you need to have an in then, basically, to play abroad. I mean, like, how feasible is it for just someone like us to go and get gigs abroad? Do we need to do a lot more groundwork here? Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah. in order to open those you doors? You need to go wherever people are listening to you. Like, yeah. uh, to get gigs is like a weird thing. A lot of people say, oh, why can't I get a gig? Or can you sell any tickets? Yeah. Probably yeah. not, yeah. Um, if you're asking that question. So mm. yeah. um, the bands that we're talking about have had releases out and they've been promoted in those particular locations. So there are people that will buy tickets for them. Mm. But the subsidies provided in those areas by governments and by public bodies are stronger than they are here for for music that we work in <clears throat> so they're able to lose money much like theater does here they're able to lose money on a show because they're publicly funded often or arts council funded that's whatever. so interesting uh, yes yeah, so we had a show the other day of an artist that i won't name that lost a considerable amount of money but the promoter is very happy with the result because we've made a foothold in that territory now yeah mm. um, yeah it's a different model abroad definitely. it's so it, it the fact that you compared it to the way theatre is here in the sense that they get lots of council funding mm. makes total sense now. 
Yeah, because they're, like, they're trying to import a lot of things. It's expensive to import things. And, yeah. That's there's very a, interesting. There's a weird thing, though, isn't there? With like, maybe, it's, maybe it's just the circles that we've been in, but there's a weird thing when like, if someone's doing, uh, I don't know, say they've released something and it's got like a, uh, 10,000 streams, right? And you're mm. like, how did they get? And you're like, whoa, they got 10,000? What the fucking... Like, you know, just... And they, and they got it over in like a day, say. And, you, and then someone would be like, oh, yeah, but they, they got them from Japan. They're all Japanese. Right. And then right. there's some sort of like weird like diss in in terms of that, isn't it? Yeah, but it is. but really, if, if <laughs> really ten thousand people listen to my tunes, sweet. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, oh, but it's all they're all in Fiji. Like, so I'd be rubbing my hands together saying, "Cool, when's the trip to Fiji?" Well, that's yeah. what I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. When I, like yeah. the idea of going on tour and playing, going and playing in Japan or Fiji or something, yeah, be sick, it's cool, but isn't it? Why is there like a? And it's not even just with the streams thing. Even with like if you went and got big yeah. in. Austria, like they're massive in Austria. Yeah. For some reason, that's some good not, stuff going on in Austria. That's weird. not cool. Uh, it's bizarre. I I understand that 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 feeling is there, and I find it baffling. Yeah, it um, is strange. I've always noticed mm. that. I'd love to be big in Austria. Like someone who prefer their fans to be from Margate or Norfolk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Than like Specifically, Berlin or Vienna. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that is a weird. Beggars one, can't be choosers. But then those yeah. people probably always look at coming back to the UK, though, right? Yeah, there is a certain thing that everybody always wants to come back here and be big or whatever. Yeah, like Rag and Bone Man was massive in somewhere that wasn't here. And right. then I was very... He's had quite a storied Brexit career. He used me, to be it? a rapper. He I did, know, did yeah. 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 He just, and then so he was big there and came and he did that so that he could come back here. Mm. Which I suppose makes sense, does it? If you get a sense of pride, you, you haven't really made it, inverted commas, until you've done it so I that all so. your friends can so see that you've done your it. Your mum's yeah. next door neighbour yeah. knows who you are. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't phase me. Get, make me big in Japan. I'd never fucking come back. Just stay in Japan, yeah. You're, you're yeah. over six foot, so you're, you've already won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go with wherever people are interested in what you're doing. Yeah. 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 The, is, um, is there yeah. a way that, the, sorry, you can sure, uh, track that? or? Oh, yeah. Is, is there a way? You can track that, yeah, for sure. The first thing <laughs> when we take on a new artist nowadays, I'm like, cool. Go on your Spotify team and plug me in as your a member of your team, yeah. and I can go on there and see who what is listening to you. So we can track that information. I can you see, can do that now. see what I gender just, they identify with. I can see what other stuff they're listening to. I can yeah. see everything. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then and then if I hit up a promoter somewhere and say, hey, I want to bring this guy, and they go, oh, I've never heard of him, and I can send him a screenshot. Yeah. Scream, screenshot. Screenshot. Ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> That's because you got to get noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can send him a screenshot of, oh, actually, there's like 7,000 people listening to this person in the city that we're talking about. So, yeah. eat your yeah, hat. Sick. Eat, eat your hat. <laughs> yeah. Spotify, when Spotify for Artists came out, that like changed the game mm. so mm. much. I was mm. like, holy shit, they, this like gives me access to the world. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess that's the thing you were talking about, about you taking the gatekeepers away, you know, you know yeah. you're starting to be able to access information still, like that. I still think that, like... Um, Playing live though is still quite an important thing for me, mm. anyway. Yeah, because I still, I still like watching live music. So sometimes I find that uh, I discover just as many bands from going to gigs than I do just listening to it on the internet. Mm. Well, that so I mean that kind of that brings me on to something that I wanted to ask. Is like, so you hear about or I see two different things going on in live music. One is gigs are more important than they've ever been for like a certain caliber of artist where it's like your tickets are at least 60 quid mm. and 
they charge that much because they're getting you know rinsed on streams and stuff because they're not making album sales blah 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 tickets are now more expensive but then shows are fucking big these days aren't they for big artists and then you've got venues closing down left right and center in every city in the uk mm. and it's like the, the that gap is just why it seems to me to be widening and widening and widening and it seems to be like if you're not a dj or a fucking carnival brass band gigs are getting harder to to not necessarily to get but just to find in the first place and is that something you find in your in in, in your daily work that there's this big gap widening or is or have i just got am, am i just warped in my point of view is there a gap widening is is grassroots level music becoming Going, harder yeah i would say no i'd probably make a counter argument and say just specifically so, for live though i really yeah, like counter arguments. looking at so so <laughs> some of the bands that we work with and have been very lucky to, to be working with now are part of this very exciting, like new jazz movement coming out of London, yeah. which is is all centered around the most grassroots music things that there can be. Like they all met at a, um, I think it's a Sunday school called Tomorrow's Warriors, which is right, like a okay. free community jazz course run yeah. at the South Bank, yeah. and they all met at this thing, and then they uh, all came through this one venue in. Uh, Dalston called Total Refreshment Centre, which is like a warehouse that was behind a petrol station. Mm. It's about as DIY as you get. Um, And they were just playing gigs. People were coming down. The place got full. um, And now they're playing in much bigger places. So um, they fostered an audience. They were doing an exciting thing. I think it's still there. Mm -hmm. Totally. So to the people that are getting... Because I see it on social media all the time. It's like people, these long posts about... It's fucking not good enough because this venue's closed down this week and two weeks ago that venue closed down. Yeah, they they, they seem to be dropping like flies. Where does off. yeah, where does that lie with the counter argument? I'm not saying I'm not like don't be wrong. I I love this. Well, sound it's, of that. it's different questions. Is are venues being well enough supported by the government? Yeah, or, right. or are, are people bands going to still able to start off small and sell tickets and get big? Um, yeah, I okay. would say that one, the government are not supporting them, and two, that saying that not having a venue like you were saying is probably just an excuse because a lot of the bands that I like listening to as well that I've grown up with like especially from the punk side of things like tell someone to said to Fugazi back in the day mm. oh fucking you know I'm like, let's put this into terms of a great venue in Liverpool when we're all there oh the Casimir's closed down and that's a venue that Fugazi could have played that I doubt they would have been stopped in their tracks someone's he would have gone yeah. right where's the nearest secondary school that we can hold a gig in yeah, in their right. hall mm. because they don't use that school all the time and they especially don't use it in the evening so if we mm-hmm. talk to someone we could probably rent out and put a gig there so people you know yeah, I, I think that's cool I know, I didn't know this story about, about that jazz sort of yeah, like yeah, thing but that's mad cool crazy, I, yeah, yeah, I sort of have totally a lot of respect crazy. and love for that so. but then with you saying that they, um, that those two things are like separate things so can mm bands build from small and then build their way up through ticket sales or whatever. And then it are uh, venues getting enough government funding to stay open. They are separate things in that way, but surely they're both the same things in other ways because if smaller bands were able... If, 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 if the general public were buying tickets for... Because I guess if you're the general public, you see going to events and things like that as, you know, like luxury items. So if... The general public are not able to indulge in luxury, luxury items. 
fix you know the smaller gigs are the ones that'll go and the smaller gigs and the smaller artists who are able to sell those tickets are what are keeping that venue going as well and keep yeah. up people coming to the venue and then it works the other way as in if the venue's not getting enough funding from the government well then if those smaller venues stop start closing then this then the smaller artists find it harder to find those smaller venues to play in although mm-hmm. what George said if you just end up finding your own space and do your own thing yeah. Yeah. you so do do that it's exciting all that DIY stuff all the, yeah. All the, yeah yeah I suppose you it's do just end not up made, doing that you mm-hmm. find a way around it I suppose yeah. it's just not made for everyone so like there no. will be some people who can't be asked thinking of it and then there are some people who just aren't built for that as well and yeah, like, but if I, you can't I, be asked doing something, then get out. Yeah, shouldn't be yeah. That's, yeah. What I'm, no, that's what I'm exactly, saying. There is some yeah. that, that back up your point where it's like, yeah. if you're I, not I, I like all that stuff personally. I mean, I mean, Goose, you come see me when I was playing jazz hands. I mean, that was yeah. Fucking... Oh, the first time I saw you guys play was uh, I was taking a good friend of mine's younger brother to come see a first gig in Liverpool and he, his his brother said I'll look after my brother will you, will you show him a good time I was like okay I'll take him to come see this band <laughs> and I was in a little room above the Caledonian yeah. pub right yeah. everyone was oh, naked everyone was naked well jazz hands were all naked <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the room was sweaty there was three drummers yeah he had no idea what was going on yeah, yeah. poor guy he showed him <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah that, like we're we, we're looking at doing stuff I suppose not like quite the DIY warehouse thing mm. but like um, for, for what we're planning this year that's all like because we found it sort of tough haven't we with the with live stuff where it's like we we, yeah we don't know where we fit we do one show and we're like oh that's that was sound and then you kind of Sorry, you do one show and you're like, that that was sound for the time that you're on stage. And then afterwards, you're looking around at the other bands on the lineup or the people that are there and you're like, do we fit in this? Mm. So then you go and do another show and you're like, no, oh, we don't think we fit with this lot either. And we kind of had been struggling with that a bit. So that's why last year we just did like festivals and that was right. that was easy for us and, and that worked for us. But then this year, we're going to look at doing that sort of thing. And that's why it's just interesting to hear about whether it actually... I think is that is an important thing, actually. Important, yeah. Playing with people of a like-minded sound or... Because I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is maybe not taking advantage of pulling other people in from a different audience. But I don't know. I, I think that sometimes when I've played on sets where it's like you're like a rock band, and then Delia, who's like very other end, like R and B soul. Well, not so much. That's the thing. It used to be, and now it's not. So then it's well, like you know, I think it's nice to have a diverse thing. lineup, but it's definitely have to to complement each other. In you know, you can't. Yeah, it can't be like too yeah, like left too field. mad where you're gonna be. Yeah. half yeah. the crowd really liking one band and half the crowd really that's what I, I think that's a problem I yeah. mean over the years I've seen from a lot of gigs that I've played anyway mm. promoters not really thinking about that no, it's no. hard because people get put on support shows for so many different reasons I've done it myself where I think oh you know what I really like this band I really want to get them in front of some people but they so I'm going to put them on this show mm. and and then they'll get to play in front of all these people and you have this like blind ambition to make sure that people hear this band, and then they play the show, and you realize, oh, actually, yeah, this, this is a really bad idea. This isn't the kind of music yeah. these guys are going to like at all. Why did I do that? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. People get on those kind of shows for all sorts of reasons. Um, I think it's an important thing, rather than going out and just trying to play any show, is to make good friends with other artists mm. that you yeah. think complement what you do. We've spoken to you about enjoy. this before, actually, yeah. where we yeah. and, and that that's the kind of thing that we're looking at doing. And it's, but it's, it's you have to you have to fail at it in the first place to know that that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Or, mm. or or we did anyway because I came from a so the reason why I asking I was asking you about the the, the big stuff getting bigger and the small stuff getting smaller mm. is because I I or when when we first knew each other back in Nantwich 
<laughs> we um, zoop, zoop, zoop. Yeah. <laughs> we um, we were in that kind of like pop punky, like rocky um, hardcorey sort of. Yeah, I had a leather effect. jacket and bleach blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. like, that's what you're trying to say. And what? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to dog you in like that to be honest. But um, so what you used to do is just like look up gigs that were on ask if you get on the bill and you would get on the bill because there'd be gigs all over the gaff mm. especially because like emo was big or being a scene kid and all that sort of stuff and that was all big so all this stuff was like knocking oh, around yeah. and like you put on a show or you put on a regular show in crew mm-hmm. that was a quid to get in yeah and that it doesn't get much smartest business idea ever that. and apart from and, and, and apart <laughs> from like um apart from it being free I mean, it doesn't get much smaller than that in regards to like, oh, we're doing this show and it's a quid. And then they were rammed all yeah, the time. Like, for sure. You were, I think it was a thousand cap venue. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't, I'm not saying you were like selling out a thousand cap venue, but you made it, you, you made it look not yeah, like a thousand cap venue. Yeah, yeah, so we started venue. off those shows with like, it was actually quite fun. It was quite fun that because I was running the recording studio above the venue and they didn't have any gigs going through the venue at all. And I had all these young bands coming into the studio upstairs. So they said, oh, do you mind putting some of these bands on? We'll give you the venue for free. We'll keep the bar. You keep whatever you sell on the door. Shit. And I said, okay, cool. Uh, so I, I said to the bands, if you can play a gig for me, I'll give you like a cheap recording day. Because mm-hmm. um, they weren't worth any people. They weren't worth any tickets. But, you know, some people on a on a night is a thing that we can sell. So, yeah, they right. can get a cheap recording day. Uh, I'll, I'll do cheap-ass tickets because I just want people to come into my studio. Um, and because it was on a Wednesday night where nothing else goes on, and it was only a pound because I wasn't bothered about making money at the time, it, people were coming down because it was like a social club. Yeah. And then people started noticing bands, and bigger bands were like, oh, well, there's 400 people going to this thing every week. We've got to go play there. Yeah. Wait, that's exactly. like the best little business idea. It was great. And then, <laughs> and then I, saying, I had like, the other local promoters coming down, be like, you can't be doing tickets for this cheap. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, the people want to come play here. I either have 400 people in here for a pound and make 400 pounds, or have 100 people in here for four pounds and make the same amount of money. Yeah. You know, like, I'd rather have 400 people in yeah. here. So. And I, I suppose what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is I don't really see that anymore i haven't seen that in a long time i can't I'd, believe local promoters were kicking off about it yeah it's undercutting people in it well yeah of course yeah. It was well, probably quite dodgy. i was only happening? like 18 though so. he was a bit of a bad person <laughs> still a is a bad a, person a naughty boy. <laughs> uh, i think i think that that sort of stuff does still happen like it does. The, i keep parking going saying going on about the trc but that, yeah. that was a real hub of a thing mm. um mm. they did a night once where you couldn't buy a ticket but you had to go buy a scratch card and give them the scratch card. <laughs> and right. so I thought oh, that was shit. a genius business idea because it's a pound, it's a pound genius, for everyone to get yeah. in. But the promoters got like a couple hundred chances of winning some serious work. So without scratching it off, you couldn't, yeah, you, you you couldn't got, take no. a scratch card. <laughs> that is such a sick so idea. It's a genius idea, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, maybe, yeah, so we're just not here. There's all these sorts of things that are out there. I just say it's probably the type of music which is different. Yeah. So, so kids aren't going to rock shows anymore. No. They're going to jazz gigs. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's yeah. a good place to be. Fine, so the uh, we had this conversation earlier in the car yeah. about like why, as a consumer, what would you choose to do? And like your average consumer these days wants to go and have fun listening to a DJ and you know just forgetting about the fucking week that they've just had and having a little Friday and Saturday night out. Mm-hmm. They don't want to like go to a Dead and Mosh gig. Yeah. With a band that they don't really know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. even even if you even if you follow this band on. 
like on social media or whatever, depending on the level of investment, obviously. But if you're just a, like your average Joe, like my dad or someone, yeah, like maybe not my dad's a bit old now, dad but wants to go and rave, you know, like saying. ten years ago, he'd be like, oh, well, let's just go to the local bar where there's a DJ on or whatever, because they want to they want to just have fun and forget. They don't want to like go to some like emotion thing. So that probably fits into the finding your people's but they will come your for sure yeah for a marker. lot of people music is a release uh in in that more immediate sense of mm. like oh let's just go out and something will be on and it'll be loud and it'll take my mind off my day yeah, yeah. and for other people it's a release in the way that they've invested themselves and listened to someone's album yeah yeah and you get involved in the story and everything like that mm. Mm. things come full circle though because i think that you know dance music's it's been pretty in chart base it's been pretty up there for a while now, and it, and it has all sorts of like electronic based music, like hip hop and that. Yeah, there hasn't really been for a while a big sort of like I don't know. Probably when we were growing up, indie that whole indie scene that was the last really big thing that exploded, of didn't it? Going seeing bands because Arctic Monkeys were the biggest band out there. Like people were going to gigs, like a lot of fucking people were going to gigs, and that was a popular thing to do, but. Just for cycles, but you saying this jazz thing could blow up. It's been, like, yeah, I had uh, you know so I mean? one of my guys, Theon Cross, was playing his album launch on Friday night. Uh, I couldn't even get in. I, I had to stand right. at the back. You know, it was, it <laughs> was right. so full. But well, that's where you belong as like a seven foot. I will never freak stand in nature. front of any gig. Yeah, I'm, for those of you who can't see me, because this is a an audio thing, I am very tall. <laughs> How tall are you? Six, seven. Six, seven. Yeah. Oh, it's always that you corrected me being, when I was like six. You're like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over seven foot. Six, seven. Jeez, you yeah, should just stand at the back. Even I if you do. Had I stand at the back every time. But but the point is that yeah, the the like that show was Run. so full. It was too full. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's still that's still happening. Um, and very much with these types of gigs, it's a punky release in that like it's instrumental music. And people are just going there and dancing. People may not have even heard the yeah. songs. Like one of my favorite shows that happened recently was four guys getting, well, four people getting on stage and playing, and they'd never played together before. But they were all playing in this style, which is very clubby meets jazzy. And people could just dance, and people just danced for like cool. two yeah. hours yeah. to some music they'd never heard, which is actually really inspiring. Right? Yeah. Mm. To think that people can go down, it doesn't have to be like a 140 BPM, yeah. like 127 yeah. BPM, yeah. like, you know, it doesn't have to fit into that box. It can just be like some okay. mad keyboard player going so your man, So, your man who's posting on Facebook with his big thing about how all the, you know, a big spiel about mm-hmm. how all the venues are closing down, mm-hmm. and he's got a, a, a box fringe. And he's got big sideburns and he's wearing a Stone Roses t-shirt and he's moaning about how live music is dead. Mm-hmm. It's just because he doesn't know about it. No, I wouldn't say so. I'd say that is like, that's where we were saying it's a different question, I think, because okay. the government imposed different regulations on live music venues. Like you, you can only have live music up until a certain time, whereas mm. in actual fact, DJs can play at any point, which makes that a more viable business model for people. Oh. Um, they previously, I think that this has changed recently, but it used to be that you could, if you were in a residential place and you, uh, the club was making too much noise, you very much had the power as the resident. Whereas nowadays, I think they've, depending on how long you've been there, I think they changed some legislation recently, which pushed some power slightly back okay. towards the venue. Yeah, it's, it's cool. those things. It's whatever makes the most sense as a business to run. And if yeah. putting some records on is cheaper than putting a band on, then it's yeah. more. It's more but, if it, but if he was at your your show that you couldn't get in mm. into, he he wouldn't be saying that the live music scene is dead. 
Hopefully not. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like an echo chamber of in within the music industry of maybe just what what that person is into isn't maybe that's yeah maybe it's the genre the, that's gone yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the genre definitely. rather than the industry there, there is there could definitely be more venues though there are lots of events that happen in London uh, and like say when we get to a 500 cap space we're looking for yeah. a place to do a 500 cap show mm-hmm. there there are two choices oh shit oh, really? I mean there's like two places that you can sell to 500 right okay but there should be 20 choices yeah, so, yeah especially so there, there definitely could be more venues um but you know, sanctions in, implemented. Is yeah, right. Well, like you say, that to play like at night is, that, that can yeah. make it exciting if people start like getting creative with it. Yeah, yeah. We had a really fun show in Space Gallery in yeah. in East London, which is like a gallery. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Let's do let's do a gig there instead. That's fun. And isn't that always what happens? Like with anything that starts to like anything that starts to get shut down by a government, there will be some pushback. And usually, when there's pushback, it means that something pops up over here that well, no one where, thought of and you're like oh exactly where, that's amazing it's exactly where punk came from yeah. or initially jazz in the first place was it yeah. not not against the government it was more against classical musicians and stuff but like it's where jazz came from initially was like you know going against that classical way of doing things so maybe we were just not or these people i'm not saying like there's a lot of us in this room have like a pretty wide palette for that sort of thing but you're just not seeing it right now because you're not into that scene yeah, I think people who are whining because guitar indie bands aren't still big. They had their day. We've got yeah. enough of that white guitar music. Let Man, someone else have their I, time. I, I, not only, not only, is, is, do, not only do, am I with you on the fact that I don't care that that music's not big anymore yeah. because things move on. Like, get over it. Also, it is still big. Like yeah. it's still you still are a short like a, a more surefire thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it, you can't complain about it because being being a a white guy in an in, a four piece indie rock band is one of the easiest <laughs> things you could probably do from a from a like in the in that scene because you 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 have a ready made scene to go into. I'm not saying being in a band is easy at all, and that these people have got it so easy and that whatever, but. In regards to the the complaining about how bad the music industry is getting and songs aren't songs anymore, it's like yeah, but man, look at look at all the like all the exciting stuff that you mentioned, mm. like the idea that people, these people are making productions and James Blake's one of the biggest artists in the world right now. Mm. Like that's more exciting, surely. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get loads of emails about me saying that that <laughs> <laughs> it's the easiest thing to be a white guy in an indie band. You gotta have a couple of things though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to this segment? Do it. Which one do you want to go first? Any. Um, <laughs> let's go for this one. You're not going to hear the jingle, though, Shell. So we're going to move on to the brand new... You, you, you okay with this, George? Yeah. The well, new segment? Oh, yeah, I don't mind. So this jingle is like, probably I'm going to be actually. bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no. We're going to have to stop here. No further. <laughs> do you do well by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the air? Is there any chance you can say more like you What's your plan B? Plan B. All right, so this is a segment called What's Jack Gonna Do When He's Finished With The Drums? And <laughs> it's based on the fact that a friend of ours, Jack Bachelor, who hopefully one day will come on the show, gets off the phone with, or his parents, sorry, get off the phone with his grandparents, and they will almost always finish the conversation by saying, What's Jack Gonna Do When He's Finished With The Drums? Because they have no concept of him making a career out of playing drums so 
What? No, no, keep going. <laughs> you, look, you look bewildered right now. Um, Stole people for you. Eh? Old people. Yeah, for you. yeah. So, um, I'm sure this is the point where we're going to get roasted, where we've done a load of the stuff that you're going to say um, is annoying in your area of the industry. Or maybe not annoying, maybe like quirks or little uh, things that only you would know from working in that. So, we've got stuff like... Um, the Instagram filter on the on the on the professional photo, uh, photograph. Yep. Uh, the photographer that sorry the videographer who gets asked for photos taken. Um, we've got the uh, on that on that jingle we've got the the female singer being asked to sing Wonderwall. I I got over I got asked over. that for that this weekend. Yeah. We were moving someone out the way and he was like, "As long as you play Oasis." I was like, "Um, <laughs> gonna be really disappointed." <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, keep a blur tune ready for when people say that? Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just go, woohoo. <laughs> um, anything from being uh, a manager or a booking agent or working in the music industry, even as, or as a musician, that you can think of that grinds your gears or that makes you, perks your ears up whenever people say it? Or that they do? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just something that someone does. Without getting sacked. Yeah, without getting sacked stuff, I can say. Um, <laughs> something that really grinds my gears mm-hmm. is uh, hip-hop artists still love getting paid in big wads of cash. <laughs> right, okay. And that you have to go get a big wad of cash, no, feel like the real. dodgiest guy in the world, that's even though real. everything is perfectly legal. Yeah. You put it in a brown envelope and then you got to go give it to him. It feels bad. It feels like you're doing something wrong, even though you're not. Even what? though you've got their name on your Monzo account, ready to just yeah, push yeah, the button. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, want, can we can we back it now? Nah. <laughs> That's me. an actual thing. thing. Did I ask for it all in five pound notes? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be annoying. Yeah, I don't think it would fit in a Manila have envelope. Have to find one though. of those fifty quid in Nat West cash points as well. Like <laughs> fuck's sake. Yeah, that works when it's an up and coming band. Is that? Yeah. 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 It is a big two different one. notes. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> two whole separate individual ones. <laughs> I can't believe that's a thing. Yeah. As an actual thing. It is money money is the weirdest thing about the music industry. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, there was an occasion with a manager of a band who will remain unnamed who disagreed with a, a result of a show afterwards and so a result being how much money you made. Uh, how much money, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so her um, solution to that disagreement was that she would just leave and my uh, I needed to, to pay her so that this was all done because the result was never going to be any different. Everything was by the book. Mm. So I had to get... She ran out of the room before signing the thing um, I imagine her running away like, no, no, so no, I, no. Yeah, yeah. It's like, don't give me the money. No, I've never heard of this before. Um, I had to get security to sort of make sure that she didn't leave the building so that we could actually sit down and finish this thing. Oh, Whoa, my that's God. Mad. This money is always the one. It's always the weird because thing. Because what was going to happen? If she ran out of the building, all of a sudden she Then she, she wanted gonna... to have an argument about it for a couple of weeks. Afterwards. And then she'd get paid the same amount at yeah, the end of the everything three was weeks worth totally of Totally above board. There was no shystering anywhere. So shystering. The result was going to be the same. She may as well just have signed for it right there right okay oh my god yeah man, it is weird. it is very weird it's cowboy it's totally cowboy yeah yeah i think money's a weird one for like um when you're when you're being told by people who work within the industry but aren't necessarily necessarily creative 
they're always so fixated on the money and as a creative person you never are are you so then when it comes around it's like to me the idea of having to worry about money or if someone was like oh there's a contract here that's this much and there's a contract here this much and this and having to work that that's that's not my world like i could not look at that like i if, if you were to like this is how much you made I would just be like, cool, thank you. I would never even yeah. question it, let alone that's, run out of the room. So you've got to be a, a good small business person as a musician nowadays, for yeah. sure. That's you why you're going to get ripped the fuck off. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, but it's not always, it, you shouldn't always like, you, you're right, you shouldn't always follow the money. There, there are definitely occasions, there was one this week where we had uh, three potential shows at a banker go play. There was a, a low paying one, there was a medium one, and there was a high paying one. And and my advice to the band was to go with the medium one because it was actually going to be a better show than the higher paying one. So the long term gain for them will be better. They'll have a better yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to just go for this one off nice paying show. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jim Jeffries on that skit where he talks about going and doing a fifteen minute stand up bit for Mariah Carey's husband's birthday and getting sixty grand for it and being like I just. There's no way I'm doing it. And then he's like, 12 minutes. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do You do have to do those occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I've got one that I thought of yesterday. Okay. Why did I think of it? I think it's because someone actually said it to me. Um, mine is obviously, again, from a vocalist point of view. Okay. And it's when you talk to someone about being a vocalist and they're like, oh, okay, sing. <laughs> and you're just like, no. What are you meant to do? Yeah. And I, it, I remember doing some, and I, for some reason, this feels like a different lifetime, and like it doesn't exist as a, it, as, it feels like an out of body experience. Okay. But I did this workshop with these little shitty kids in Liverpool, and it was like a community thing, and they asked me to come and do it, and I was like, yeah, whatever, and I had to like write a song with them. And they were little fucking shitbags. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were stood there at one point and she was just like, so what are you? And I was like, sorry. <laughs> and I was like, so I sing. And she was like, you're a singer. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, sing something then. <laughs> I was just like, why am I even here? What am I doing? What did you sing? Were you like I school didn't of sing rock? Anything, and I was just like, Good on you. No, let's let's write this song together. <laughs> so it wasn't like School of Rock when he's like he's like, Come on, Shaniqua, give me something. Look check out those pipes and all <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't. But you do get that quite a lot. And my my mum's actually been banned from doing it now because it's caused so many bad arguments right, in our yeah. house because she'll be like, Oh, she gets drunk and then she's like, Oh, oh, sing for us. <laughs> sing. And I'm like, Right, if, imagine if I actually started singing now. Imagine the awkwardness that would like overcome yeah. the room. If I just Do you get that, George, like, with drums? George is on the George, drum something for us, George. Never. <laughs> it just goes one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like it when you get um I used to hate this, but now I I absolutely love it in a kind of ironic way is when you like go past something and it'd be it'll be something like a let's say it's a college course and it's got a picture of a model who's been paid to pretend to be playing guitar and he's holding it completely incorrectly and everything. Yeah. And you walk past and it's someone who's not a musician, a muggle, and they point at it and go, uh, and you're like, yeah. And they're like, music? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Or someone will buy you something and it's like guitar shaped. And you're yeah. like, thanks. Love that. There's a stint of... Uh, of um, 
wooden spoons to do your cooking with drumsticks on mm. the end. Oh, I've got some of them. Yeah, like, there you everyone's go. got them. Yep. And, and the like, hole, like, in, get you it? know that one that you use to, to pick stuff out where the water can drain out? It's a musical note yeah. shape. Yeah, we yeah. have one of them as well. Had nice. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, or pens that are drumstick shaped. Yeah. I'm not a drummer. <laughs> I've had all of them. And you're like, you're like music. And you go, yeah. <laughs> I get it with Star Wars a lot as well. Or if I go past anything Polish, Shell's like, oh. cool (laughs) just be glad though that people actually give a shit about your job imagine every accountant in the world is sat there waiting for someone at a dinner party to go what do you do I'm an accountant oh Account something for me right now, right here. Will you? Whenever you're with your accountant, mate, you draw money out and it's a fiver and you're like, uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think of the new banknotes? You got any others, George? People that carry guitars without a guitar guitar case. Oh, that's annoying. Whoa, what's that? that? Does that happen? The ones who just take them out in public. Yeah, just a a guitar out in public with no case. Oh, a guitar without yeah, a case. Yeah. I thought you sorry, I got that the wrong way around. I was thinking yeah. they were taking a case around with no guitar. I was like, first of all, that would, why? That Second would of all, probably, how do you know? I mean, that would annoy me if I had X-ray vision. But <laughs> <laughs> equally, just as much. Fucking just carrying right. that around for You'd you. You'd be able to tell who was a gangster as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Be, it'd be fucking goose with a guitar case full of cash <laughs> sitting into a supermarket. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, that uh, just a guy walking around with no guitar. Case. What? I'm like, you can shit. afford a guitar, but not a case. It's always Come a shit on. guitar as well, and it like super Fender, shit. Fender Argos Strat, probably yeah. Fender, Fender Argos Strat. Yeah, you got, know those Argos Strats you get. Yeah, they're a little like, bit pointier, aren't they? Yeah, and it's got like top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's got a rainbow strap on it or something like that. As in from Argos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're not really Fenders. They're right. probably cool. I don't oh. know what they're called. Like I thought, like Argos had brought out a, a range of. Strats. No, but they they always have <laughs> a guitar. Yeah. They always have a guitar <laughs> in the catalog. Yeah, yeah, probably be like a, a, a strat. Um, not a strat. Sorry, like a what's the uh, Fender copy? Uh, Squire. 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 They're normally like uh, squires. Right, yeah. Squires. Yeah. 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 Right. So is he? What are we talking about? The guys. Excuse me. They're talking about the guys holding an acoustic guitar, electric guitar. Electric guitar. I've not seen by that. By the neck. Just walking down a road. What? <laughs> oh, I've not seen that. Not an electric guitar. I've seen it with an acoustic. I've seen it many a time. And every time I look at it, every time I see someone, I just look at them and go, oh, why? You're not a professional case. you are. Uh, yeah, well, not even that. Just like those stag cases are like, what, tenner? <laughs> like, like, how are you can't pit £10 towards pitting that? in something where I don't have to look at it. You know They've always I mean? got like long hair though and look a little bit like they're really chuffed about the, the chords that they can play. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm maybe being a bit harsh because most of the people I do see doing that are like 15 and they've got like their girlfriend oh, see, the people that I on the other side and he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking no. serenade you later. The people I'm thinking of, the people I'm thinking of are like late, late 30s, early 40s I mean, I, I think by I, themselves. Oh no, I don't, hair, I've never it. seen anyone that old. I mean, I reckon the old... Busking. No, but I've seen some people like I would probably say mid twenties that I've seen do it as well. I mean, that that okay. If someone's in their mid twenties doing it, I'll be like, mate, you've got to sort your life out. Here. Come on, <laughs> right? Fuck Moral is you got to have a case. Just just yeah, get a case. I mean, Whoever you are, whatever age. Like, yeah. And there's the people who have tried but not quite got there. They've got a base in a guitar case. Oh, and the head is poking out. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You tried. That. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're doing well. <laughs> just I have to admit, I've been that guy. I've been that guy, and it's I a could, bad feeling when I you're like. I don't know. I reckon I could, I could go. All right, all right. Fair enough. You, you've tried. I'll let you have that. <laughs> but if you just, 
You know what I mean? If You're not going just... up to him and saying anything to him then. <laughs> I might do it next time. <laughs> I'll be thinking about this conversation being like, go on, George, go and say something. <laughs> Another one I did think of before, because I don't know, something sparked that conversation, that idea then. I yeah. said it. But before that, I was thinking about noise limiters. Okay. And the... You the, hate noise limiters, Well, yeah. of course I do. I'm a fucking drummer. <laughs> Can you play that acoustic drum set below 80 decibels? Can you go fucking get your head sorted out? Because it's... <laughs> it, it's, like, not happening, mate. I don't care how, like, you play the drums... It's, it's generally above 8 decibels. It's terrifying when you can see the noise limiter and it you're playing is. and you're just thinking, I it's going, it. we're going. But it's, my it. And you spend an hour and a half doing that. Like, we're going right now. The noise now. limiter it's, itself is not my qualm, really. I mean, you got to have them in some venues. But it's the guy that owns the noise limiter. That, okay. As a drummer, is just not understanding how, like, can you play a bit lighter? Well, I was like, well, I might as well not be here. Yeah. Because if it I sounds play... different. Yeah. yeah. And especially, like... I can't get into a song as well if I can't hit the thing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I am very loud. I will say that. <laughs> I yeah. am not the quietest drummer ever. I feel like I spend our gigs apologising for George. We're going we're gonna to have a drum, a drum special soon. We're going to get Jake oh, nice. Lipiak on here, yeah, who tickles the drums. Oh, God. And that's his style. Mm. And we got George, who, if he could, would use both his legs as drumsticks. <laughs> 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 Look, I grew up listening to a very aggressive style of music, <laughs> and you like to hit the things. That's all. Um, talking of the music that you're listening to. Oh, oh look at that! Oh, takes us swiftly I on know. to the next wow. Meg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? Can we? Uh, can we get the jingle, please? Oh my God! Who the fuck is Peter Guy? I don't even know he's so lad. <laughs> I like you, how it's changing each time yeah, it gets you, me. <laughs> you really developed that, George. Yeah. You, you did as well. You got a little oh my god at the start of that. Um, <laughs> George, do you want to introduce to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that you. <laughs> You'll know. Um, well, Goose will know, Peter, guys. Yeah. yeah, go on, George. Take it away. <clears throat> well, well, basically, I'll just go to start this podcast as well, separate this, but this is related. Yep. But anyway, it's just my anger. <laughs> and frustration with Peter Guy as a music journalist and how I think that he's very biased and it's not very good for anyone. So basically, I'm just trying to spread the love of world of music, getting people introduced into new sounds. I mean, like I say, you don't have to like it. That's fine. And one but day, George is going to have to go through some sort of legal action for, slander. I don't know, what is it? Slander of yeah. character or something. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he copyright that name, which... I doubt he's going to do. You need to copyright that name. He doesn't have enough money. You need to copyright that name. You need to copyright that name. I know. Well, this is what I was telling you. On a previous podcast, I did mention that when I do start the podcast, I will be, I want to have like a Twitter account and I'll be at the real Peter guy. <laughs> you need to copyright it so that you own the rights. To I know. It's not even my fucking name. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so we just talk about music in a positive light instead nice. of in a negative light, which I find that he does quite a bit. Yes. Yes. This so, is, this all halves back to um, a bad. I've, I've George, been in, no, I've we, been in many bad reviews. Sorry, and George has never forgotten about it. He's got them all printed on the ceiling <laughs> yeah. of his bedroom, and he reads and them every night. All the gigs that I got those bad reviews from, funnily enough, sold out. Convenient, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it, Peter guy? So, who wants to go first? Well, who's been listening to new music, um, or old music? What just what have you been listening to yeah. this week? 
I'll go first. Go on. So <laughs> yeah, you go first. She's gonna nick the... all the stuff that I've been listening to because she doesn't <laughs> fucking like music. I do. I do. I just listen to Alex listen to it, and right. then I go, "Oh, that's." <laughs> <laughs> and then she says it all, and I'm here like, "Fuck, what else? I haven't got anything." No, oh. and then I go, "That sounds good. Send me that. I want to listen to it." So the first one is I'll go I don't. First. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it looks like it's Methyl Ethyl. Methyl Ethyl. M-E-T-H-Y-L. Yes. Methyl. Methyl. We'll go okay. with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll go with methyl that. Methyl and Ethyl that. just as in Ethyl, like your auntie Ethel. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Methyl Ethyl. Um, but <laughs> the reason why I asked them to send me this one was because it sounded very Christine and the Queens. And if you were tuned in a few weeks ago, you will have heard about my huge rant about Christine, Christine the Queens and how amazing big. she was. Yeah. So it, it's very like that. But this is a guy. But when I was listening to it, it didn't sound like a guy. It was very no. 80s, lots of like synths and... Yeah, it's very cool. So check that one out. That is called Triage. Quite poppy, isn't it? Yeah, it triage. is. Isn't it called Trip the Mains? Mm, I've got Triage. Oh, Trip the Mains is a song off Triage. Yeah. It's a, it's a new release, isn't it? Is it yeah. a debut album? I think so. From what I can see, it is. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> no, it's his third album. Oh, okay. This week. Yeah. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Anything else, Sean? Uh Yes. So Katie Alex as well, an artist, a local artist from Liverpool, has got a single out called Reckless. Yes. Um, and that's been kind of long awaited since the stuff that she was doing a few years ago. I believe she's been in hibernation doing lots of writing and yeah. stuff like that. And then this has been the first single and she's she's killed it. The artwork is uh, very good. Yeah, like sick, yeah. Yeah, the, the song's sick, she smashed it. Yeah, the artwork is very poppy and so is the music but she's absolutely nailed it it's not stuff that I'd normally listen to and it's diff- very different to what she was doing before but it's good it, it feels like something that she should be doing it feels like very her absolutely. and her voice sounds really good in it yeah yeah it's great so yeah I would recommend that as a listen yeah so that was Methyl Ethel Methyl Ethel I think so <laughs> it sounds so stupid it does it does sound weird I don't know if I've got that yeah, right has it got like a are we stressing it or is it like Methelethal. Methelethal. <laughs> it could definitely it be that. sounds like an elvish Methelethal. term, doesn't it? Methelethal. You need, you need like a Liv Tyler kind of Methelethal. voice. Methelethal. Yeah, a Methelethal. soft. Methelethal. A voice like a breeze. Okay, and we got Katie Alex. Yep. Good stuff. So go and check those out. Who is going next? I could totally go next. Go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Go on. I, really I listen to loads of stuff. Her. So I was basically I do like a playlist every three months, which is I just for everything I'm listening to, and then the season changes, and I go right, I'll put a full stop on that. Right. So I'm just going to read a few things that I've been enjoying from my winter winter 2018 2019 is this playlist. Spotify? It is on can Spotify. You can playlist? totally follow me. Yeah. I encourage you. Yeah. They never do. Nobody ever ah, follows. I knew it. there was a reason why you so, agreed to yeah. come on this podcast. Little <laughs> Andrew Wild Goose. That's me. All right. On sweet. Spotify. Yeah, I don't yeah. actually know how you find me on Spotify, but I can't can, imagine there'd be too many. Playlist, can't you? I can yeah. share it with you. Oh, ah, yeah. yes. Can we, we can put the link in somewhere. Yes, we absolutely can. Link in bio. As they say in uh, most YouTubers, link in the description. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Push that so. subscribe button. <laughs> Pit a thumbs up if you're into it. All that jazz. Yeah. Uh, Thumbs down if you Peter go. Right. Kilo Kish came out of a pretty good album a couple couple weeks ago. Kilo Kish. She's really cool. Quirky pop. But this is a pretty dark thing from her, actually. It's good. Ooh, how, how are you spelling that? How are you spelling Kilo uh, Kish? K I L O 
K-I-S-H. Ah, nice. She's very cool. Sick. Um, who else have we been joining? Kaja Bonet. It's very, very sexy stuff. Oh, do you want any stuff that you can just spell normally? Like <laughs> Steve. <laughs> um, who else has been good? Uh, a mate of mine played me this guy called You and Ewan. Whoa, that's confusing. Yeah, that. yeah, it's all one word. You, uh, Y-O-U and A-N-D, Ewan, E-W-A-N, you and Ewan. Uh, he's put out some good stuff. What kind of stuff is that? Uh, left fieldy electronica. Oh, that's right. good. The name Bobby makes Head. me think of like folk for some reason. Yeah. Well, you'd be completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of guys. I've been enjoying a little bit of weird math rock recently. Oh, okay. So, but sort of poppy math rock. So these guys, Feed Me Jack, have been pretty cool. I've heard of Feed Me Jack. Yeah, I like them. Are they British? Uh, I think so. There's some yeah. old stuff which is not quite so good, but they have a an EP called Ultra Ego, which has been pretty good. When did that come out? Uh, at some point. Is this me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. What's it called? Ultra? Uh, ultra Ego. Ultra Ego. Put your phones on airplane mode if you ever come on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it came out when? Oh, I don't Is know. That's what I was trying to figure out. Just like the most re- recent release. And something release. started playing. Yes, it was the most recent one. Right, yeah. sick. I found with like last uh, couple of weeks ago, I was talking about um, how um, when I'm coming across things at the moment, it, it's the artwork's picking me up. So normally mm-hmm. I will do things by it being yeah, recommended. That's coming back, isn't it? Artwork? Yeah, Could but I'm, at the minute I'm totally listening to stuff where the artwork is like, mm. ooh, yeah. I like this. Um, I'll go. Yep. Uh, so I listen to it, like, as you know, I just add a load of shit and just go through it. Um, I had to listen to J. Cole's new single, Middle Child. Mm. Uh, I'm going to throw that on the steaming pile of meh, unfortunately. Um, Peter going. Unfortunately, uh, don't be wrong. It was it was sound. It wasn't bad. I thought but this was a positive review. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. God. Yeah, all right. It's sound. It's not as innovative as I wanted it to be from J Cole, but it's still cool. Um, I listened to a single called Cassius Nonfiction by Bone Slim and Dropped. Bone Bones. Just search Bone Slim and you'll find it. But um, it was like this weird like kind of old school hip hop thing that sounded sounded like you were rapping on it a little bit George you know like it had a bit of like a Mike Skinnery vibe oh. to it in the vocal but like um yeah like a really old school hip hop thing it was quite cool like it was um it was quite refreshing after like hip hop becoming you know trap mm-hmm. and everyone's got a lil something mm-hmm. yeah um and then the final thing for this week is an album called All by a guy called Yan Tearson Y A N N uh, T-I-E-R-S-E-N and that was like soundscapey classically electro thing if like if you're into like Neil's Farm or um, you mentioned a few weeks ago didn't you Shell on the podcast John Jean-Michael Blaze if you're into that sort of stuff you're at Beving yeah bit yeah bit of that bit of sort of um, and it's really hard to find it like typing the word all into a search engine but um, Jan Tearson we'll put the link in the show notes but yeah really cool really like it's like a mixture of that like classical piano-y stuff with all the dark soundscape. How many stuff. hits do you get on Google if you type in all? Let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, George, what have you been listening to? I'll be more delving into the old school. Really being getting nostalgic <laughs> of my listening this week. Um, oh, uh, well, something new did come out today. I got notified, but I've heard it a few weeks back. But anyway, come back to that. Uh, Colour is a band that me and Dop are very fond of. Oh, yeah. You know, you know about Colour? No. They're a very mathy rock 
Yeah, I've, yeah. If you're nice. into your math rock, you like them. But it they're more was... like math rock pop. Aren't yeah, they? they're very light. It was, yeah. it was. You know, Luna George. Yeah. It was George. Was the guitarist. Oh, uh, cool. His yeah. He left right. for Luna George, and then they became another band called uh, Tangled Hair. Is what they are Tangled referred Hair. to today. Okay. With a new bass player, because the bass player in color was from Meet Me in Saint Louis or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 So um, she's the only person who's ever complained about the wrong kind of pit of breads, a Luna. Wow. <laughs> what, a, a, a show that you were... Or is it really? just a rumour knocking around? Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You experienced yeah, that first time? It's a rumour. You experienced that no, first time? No, no, it's first, like a, first time. Oh, first oh, time. oh wow. Well, what kind of pita bread, say? Yeah. What well, kind of pita bread did you get? I'd probably Sainsbury's own brand or something. What oh. were you meant to get? I, don't know. I couldn't be in that job because <laughs> I would have gone, well, you can fucking get them yourself next time. <laughs> and then walked <laughs> off. So, but there is one particular tune to shout out, which was the first I listened to. What got me into him was Run Like You're Being Chased. Yeah. The drumming on that song is lovely. Second to <laughs> uh, And then I've just been getting filthy, filthy heavy Converge. Okay. Um, there's a song on uh, the Axe to Fall album, I think. It's a song called Reap What You Sow, which is absolute just... Ugh. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> Makes me... I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a good song for... Um, like, like if you were like working out, I'd reckon. Like right. if you're doing some running... Okay. Or like a really like a spin class, you know, yeah. on the cycle. <laughs> Be good for that when you're really fucking pushing yourself because okay. the song's about thousand miles per hour. It's, okay, but they're really like old school hardcore thrashy drums. So that's like, back in time. These stuff was released. Yeah, what, but that colors back. What? Colors back like I don't know what 2008, 2009. Yes. Oh, I think yeah. this Converge album probably is not that old. It's only probably about 2013, 14. Right. So there, but yeah, reap what you sow. That's the tune that I've been. Before you, before you move on to whatever's next, mm. little caveat for for about rock music. We were talking about it being like things like certain genres dying off and stuff. Rock music and metal music definitely did die a death, and then is is like coming back a little bit. So I just want to give a shout out to two bands. One is Good Tiger, whose album that came out last year was amazing and just put all faith back into that sort of stuff. And then a band called Thornhill. Who, holy shit! That it's uh, it's amazing. They're Fair amazing. Enough. But then I so and I think part of the reason, obviously, trends change. But I listened to a band called River Becomes Ocean um, this week. Really, I, and I'm not, I'm not. I'm only using them as a little gateway. They actually really like the album, so I can't knock it. But the one thing that I noticed about them was the the the, the music's happening, all the backing track and everything, and then the vocals come in, and vocals in rock music is makes or breaks it mm. more so than ever I reckon yeah, these yeah. days because it's, it's so dated isn't it like a, vo- a rock music vocal can be so dated mm. if you're not doing it in the right way and like people don't necessarily want screamo stuff as much well funny enough uh, with that vocal thing it took me ages to get into this band called Blood Brothers because right. the singer in the band had such an odd style it, like sometimes he doesn't I, I probably think he doesn't actually sing in key Right. But it works for that music though, mm-hmm. and it took me for ages because I really like the band because like two members of the band play in a band, another band like a super group called Headwind City, which has got the AES guitarist in it, and it's got two guys from the Locus, if you like it, all those sort of bands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it took me ages to get into them f- through the vocals, funnily enough. But after time, it grows on you. 
Yeah, it's a weird one. It does grow on you, and then you sort of think, oh, actually, if they didn't have this guy singing, I probably wouldn't like them. Right, okay. So, yeah, it's weird how it grows on you. Let him beat you down. Yeah, yeah. I even thought that that with Glassjaw for a long time I had that for Glassjaw for years. I thought he had a really odd voice, and it took me ages to, like, really start accepting them. He does does have an odd voice. Yeah. It's just that you get used to it. Yeah, you like, do. Yeah. When you haven't listened to him for a while, you're like, "Wow, this is I, I don't think yeah. I can do this." And then inevitably you get back into it. But So um, is there anything else yeah. anything else other than uh, that? Uh yeah, talking about funny vocals, that did lead quite in well the next band. Uh, <laughs> that did lead quite in well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're really nailing it. Yeah, I know. Um X Models they're called. They're like this okay. I always describe them as like spazzy talking heads. Okay. So uh, they're like and That's the PC way of saying that. Yeah, yeah. So. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't believe in soft language. So. Spasmodical talking heads. Right. That's fine, isn't it? Spasmodical. Yeah. I think that's all right. I don't know. It's, I, it I've cool. never heard that word in my life. Yeah. That, sounds, uh, that sounds like a fashion trend. I don't know. They're just. Um, <laughs> I, I. I don't know. I hear talking heads in them, but you might disagree. That's fine. But X Models. They got an album. Uh, I think it's called Zoo Zoo Psychology or something like that. And there's a song on it called "It's on the Television," and it's a good tune. I like that one. And they were like a new, they were like an underground New York punk band for a while. Okay. And then um, I watched a good David Bowie documentary recently, and I heard a tune called "Fame" off of Young Americans' album. Never yeah. heard that tune ever before, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is class." Yeah. I have to be fair, I got We've a been Bowie. Been listening to a lot of Bowie at the minute. Yeah. Haven't we? I got and a Bowie was, vinyl that, for Christmas. I've heard loads of tunes off Young Americans. Mm. But I just never got around. It's a lot. It's a, well, to be fair, it's the last track on the album. So if you're sort of like, as you do Not sometimes, into. get like a few tracks through an album and you sort of like, oh, just go and listen to something else. It's probably one of those. But I heard it and I was he, like, this is a jamming tune. He's a I'd say I can get down to. This is a jamming tune. Oh, a lovely tune to get down to. Get down with the ladies. In the dance hall. On the dance floor. <laughs> Bowie's one of those weird ones where it was like, if you. I always found it really hard to get into him. And well, when he you, reinvented then, himself so many times. It's actually the story of his career is unbelievable, actually. But then yeah. when you do get into him, it, there's like a big reward and a big payoff, and you're like, mm. "Oh, this is what everyone's yeah, excited yeah, about." It's often like that. I think I think you can feel like, "Oh, I don't want to get into them because everyone else is into." Them. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. but there's yeah. some stuff where you kind of go, like like there's a band that there's a band that um, that I really like called Dark Rooms, and initially I got sucked in by this one song. I was like, this one song's amazing. I listened to the other stuff and I was like, it's okay. It's not, it's not amazing. But then I was like, I, there's something about this band that I want to like them. Mm. So then I just really invested the time into listening to them. And now I absolutely love them. But I'm like, what was that thing that made me mm. want to really love this band? And I have that, had that with Bowie as well. Bowie, mm. Bowie, whatever. Where I was like, I'm not sure I'm into it. And then I was like, but I really want to be into it. <laughs> so I just listened to it and listened to it and was like, oh, now I get it. There's lots of artists I've done that with over time, though. I mean, what? I mean, Beatles took me forever to like the Beatles. I still, still today trying. haven't listened to a Beatles album. No, I think oh, so obviously good. moving to Liverpool had a <laughs> huge... You're right there, Goose. <laughs> they are so good. You still I, know. Right. I know, but it took me to move to Liverpool. You are talking Liverpool. about the Beatles, really? Yeah. To I obviously yeah I mean I was it, I was going to be hard for me to avoid it once yeah, yeah, moved yeah. to Liverpool but they like I, them there don't they yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just a bit. they're right they're quite I fun think I've heard every song by default right, yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. never actually mm. sat down and listened to an Fair album you've ever. got a thing with them you've got a thing I with them I can't bear it okay well, and, and that's but that's too close to home yeah probably well, that's like close. that thing that you said where it's like um you you don't want to get into it because everyone's into it yeah, yeah, yeah. totally Shell's got that with the Beatles. 
But anyway, the last one I was going to say as well um, yes. was I got an update, I got an email, funnily enough, saying that this new Subfocus tune was out. Okay. I'm a big fan of Subfocus. Uh, I think it's called Dimensions, the tune. I heard it a, a, like a month ago, though. I don't know where, but when I when I was listening to it today, I was like, I've heard this tune, definitely. Right. But I do keep up up to date with his stuff. I'm quite into him. Sick. I've seen him quite a few times I'll check as well. That out. So. I've, uh, he's someone that... I've never really been into, if but I always I, want to be into him because the word, yeah, his name, Subfocus, just I, sounds yeah. cool. His first I album, um, I, w- I would start from there. Mm. I'd just go from that because that was more of a... Um, drum and bass was quite big at the time. Right. There's some it, mad stage shows as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Like, came in the middle of like s- yeah, I, I went circular to, screens. I went to see him at Brixton Academy in about 2000 and... I think it must have been about like 2010, 2011, and uh, it was the premiere of that mm. light show that, that he had. That was so cool. Yeah, man, it was sick. And yeah. I mean, I remember about half of it, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a long old night. What's the name of the new sub focus tune? I think it's called Dimensions. I'll just double check it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Can I'd like to throw one last band in. Go for pop, it. Please do. Uh, the, from Leeds, is that like a really crazy good scene going on at Leeds at the moment? And this one band called Long Legged Creatures are just the one. They've not. They've got like one song on Spotify okay. and then they've got like a couple one minute videos on their Facebook of just them playing tunes oh my oh, god nice long so leg- good. what was it long legged creatures long legged and creatures. what what kind of thing is that it's like a four piece band um, guy on the drums female bassist who's probably the best part of the band no definitely the best part of the band <laughs> and then there's a guy who does some electronics and a guy who plays some keys nice. and they make like uh, messy time. jazzy dance music sick. but just, cool. it's like the bassist sounds like she's playing an amazing synth but it's just a live bass oh, so sick. good yeah. the name of the tune was Desires, Desires. but featuring Dimensions okay so, cool. but yeah it's a, if, you're, if you're into your D&B it's pretty much just a good old trip down memory lane good old D&B vibes sick so. good cross section there it was um so all all the all the links to the social medias we tend to just link to Instagram because it's hard with people being on Spotify or Apple Music or you yeah. get you get the odd person on Deezer or whatever. Yeah. So oh, I had Deezer account for a while. Oh, yeah, of course you did because it was free for a bit, and then yeah, you just I were like, "Well, I'm not using that." Now it's not free. And I bet you that phone wasn't an iPhone, was it? No, it was a Samsung. <laughs> there we go. It was a Samsung S5, uh, and I got Deezer for six. Yeah, of course, course you did. Everyone who's got got an iPhone uses. They all Deezer. thought they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, and then I hate, and then I hated the Samsung, and then that's why. And they all make a point of it as well. Yeah, they're all like, oh, "Well, what if you're not on Apple Music or Spotify? What if you listen on Deezer?" Fuck off on you, Deezer. Yeah. So we're gonna link to uh, we're gonna link to Instagram, um, all the all the artists in the in the show notes. So check that out. Do you wanna sign up? Ah uh, yes. No. 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 Forgotten. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining us, Goose. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Um, we should do this again sometime. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to have a, an expert in a field. Rather, ah, than, oh, rather than just us and our mates <laughs> talking a load of shit about stuff that we know nothing about. An expert in a field could be a good new smegman. Yeah, oh, it could yeah. be. But it sounds like an expert in a field sounds like a like a, a possible David Bowie album. Like a farmer or so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having us. So, um, Shell, thanks. Hi. For, George, just finish off that little cake. <laughs> Goose, thanks again. Thank you. Um, and uh, too much sauce ruins the fries, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>